Hey friends, I'm Nikki Smith, your host here at A Heart That Beats for Home, the podcast where we're ditching filters and diving headfirst into the raw beauty of all things home. Now, I am no expert when it comes to this whole parenting and marriage dance. I'm simply a gal who's been riding the mom roller coaster for 22 years and a wife still untangling the mystery of it all 25 years after saying I do. My goal is to bring you unapologetically messy and boldly genuine conversations about cultivating strong families. We're gonna laugh, possibly cry, and straight talk about the joy and chaos that comes within the four walls that we call home. No judgment and certainly no perfection. Just real talk from my heart, a heart that beats for home. Let's dive in. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of A Heart That Beats for Home. So excited to have you here with us for another week and excited to dive into today's topic where we are going to be talking about resetting your reset. We are officially one month into the new year. Hard to believe that it is already February 1st of 2024, one twelfth of the way through a year that seems like it literally just started a day or two ago. And so I thought it would be kind of fun to just check in with each other and talk through our goals that we set, where we're at, where we're heading, and little things that we can do to make sure that even if we're a little off course or maybe we've totally abandoned some of those goals, what are some things that we could do to just make sure that we end up at the end of 2024 on January 1st of 2025 proud of ourselves for the way that we spent our year? And I think This applies to so many different areas of our lives, and I just want to kind of dig into it a little bit, be transparent about some of the things that I'm working for, encourage you in some of the things that you're working for, and then finally end this podcast doing a little bit of reflecting on this past holiday season. I think in the busyness of life, it's super easy to rush, rush, rush through especially big holidays, big celebrations. And never really stop to kind of think through and process, what did I really love about that season? What did I not like? What are things that I could do better to show up for my family better in those seasons? And just kind of talk through a little bit about how even now, as crazy as it sounds, we can be setting ourselves up for success for the next big Christmas holiday season coming up still 11 months away. And so we'll get right into it, talking a little bit about our current New Year's resolutions. I am one that loves to set New Year's resolutions. I always start to kind of think about it mid-December. What are the big things that I want to do this year? How am I going to plug in and really get intentional in my life? Where are the things that I want to see change and improvement? And often after that, you know, weeks and weeks of thanks, well, we start at Halloween and then we go into Thanksgiving and then Christmas. And so by the time New Year's rolls around, we're pretty much exhausted. We're sick of eating bad food. We're sick of being exhausted. We're sick of, you know, all of the lack of structure and schedule. And so we come into the New Year's with these huge, grandiose ideas of all these things that we're going to fix and adjust and doesn't take long often when we're back in the routine that those things start to slip away. And historically, I will say, being fully transparent, that most years I probably hit most of my resolutions somewhere between 25 and 50%. Occasionally there's one that I 100% hit out of the park, but most often the list that I make Somewhere between 25 and 50% is the level of achievement that I hit and in many of those I won't even move past a couple of weeks. 
I actually just saw somewhere that somebody posted about Quitters Day in January. I don't remember which specific day it was, but it was like, historically, this is the day where most New Year's resolutions have ended. And so we've made it past Quitters Day. The question is, did we quit or are we still forging forward on these goals that we set out for ourselves? So last year when I was sitting down to kind of think about what I wanted my New Year's resolutions to be, I really knew that I needed to do some reevaluating for myself. I knew that last year needed to be a year of me just being more present. I can tend to be so goal-focused and so goal-oriented that I can run myself ragged and just not enjoy the journey. And so last year, intentionally, I made a goal to just walk 500 miles in the year. I wanted to walk those 500 miles outside of my daily steps. So not just, you know, looking at my my watch at the end of the day and it's saying, oh, you got six miles. I wanted to leave my house, walk out the front door or get onto a treadmill for 500 intentional miles in the year. And so that was one of the big goals that I set out for myself. The other one was that I wanted to start working on reading through the entire Bible. And so last year I made the commitment that I wanted to read the entire New Testament. And so I started out with those. I had my trackers. I printed everything out. And I'm super thrilled to say that I made it through the New Testament before summer had even come. I just absolutely loved digging in and being consistent in my Bible reading. And so that one I had done before summertime and started moving into the Old Testament just kind of at my own pace and just just to keep moving towards that habit. And with the walking, I was killing it. So I had printed out a 500-mile tracker right from the get-go in January last year. I had that printout, and I absolutely loved coloring in those circles and every day getting out there and walking a few miles. And so January, I killed it. February, I was right on track. March, still dominating. April, getting a little bit ahead of schedule. May, did pretty good through about the first half of May. And then life happened. In May... I had a daughter that graduated high school. We had a big graduation party. A few days later, uh, we left for a trip to Europe with my parents and my siblings. Then we had summer and we were up at the lake a ton and just out of routine and lots of company and didn't walk in June, didn't walk in July, didn't walk in August, came home and it was the busyness of school starting up and all of the things and I didn't walk in September. So I took a look at that calendar and that tracker, and I knew that I was about 150, 170 miles behind where I needed to be to finish my 500 miles by the end of December. And so I was faced with a little bit of a situation there. I was staring down at that little chart, and I thought, shoot, what am I going to do? And because I'm stubborn and also because I think I really, really wanted to prove to myself that I can do this. If I say I'm going to do it, I can set out and I can do it within a time frame that I've given myself. I just had to make a decision. And it was in that moment that I kind of did some recalculating and the numbers got a lot bigger than the 42 miles a, a month like they had originally been. But I just felt like even though we were coming into the Midwest winter, that if I really hunkered down in October, November, and December, I could prove to myself that I could finish this chart. And so I made sure to put it out there on social media. I was transparent about being super far behind. Almost every day I tracked those miles. And some days, you guys, I had to do five, six, seven. There was a couple days when I did eight miles because I had some serious stuff to make up. I will tell you full on that if I didn't have a tracker in front of me, 
I think 100% I would have given up on this goal. But there's something, there's the power of a visual reminder of what you're moving for, how far you've come, how far you have to go. Your brain is able to take that and break that down into a way that makes you feel like you can actually accomplish it. And so I'm so grateful for that simple eight and a half by 11 piece of paper printed on my dining room table that literally was the thing that motivated me to go, let's do this. Let's finish this up. Super happy to report that I did get that done. There was a few tears in there when it was freezing cold or we were on vacations or at basketball tournaments. You guys, I would walk the tracks above basketball arenas. I would walk circles in parking lots at events. I would find random places to park in between kids' activities when I had 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and circle the most random shopping plazas or whatever just to get those miles in to make sure that I did it. And so my goal was that when our daughter was home from college, all five of us would be home for just three days over Christmas. And I really wanted to be able to walk that mile 500 with my family. And so on December 27th, I believe it was, we all circled together in the neighborhood and we walked that last mile together. And it was such a happy time for me, happy time for them. They had been such big cheerleaders. It was such an amazing feeling of accomplishment. I'm so glad that I pushed myself forward to do that and was able to get it done. And so that was one of the first times that I ended a year really being able to say 100% I accomplished two of the really, really big goals that I had put out for myself. And so coming into 2024, thinking through what are my goals going to be? A lot of times I'll do a word of the year. I hadn't done one in a lot of years. And I just kept feeling over and over like the word consistency was what I really needed to focus on for 2024. And a lot of that went back to just learning the hard way that I had been really consistent for four months and I was right on track, even getting a little bit ahead And then I got totally off track with consistency in those months over summer. And I got so far behind that then the goal that I had to finish was so much bigger than if I just would have stayed consistent. And what I needed to stay consistent in wasn't even a huge thing. It was walking like a mile and a half a day. We're talking 20 minutes out of your day to go do that. And I just, I derailed myself. And so just looking at the things that I wanted to accomplish in 2024, I really just thought, Nikki, if you can just learn to be consistent every day, not sporadically, and just, again, every day show up consistently in these things, you'll be able to accomplish a lot. And so that was my word for 2024. And then it came time to kind of sit down and start thinking about How am I going to set goals for 2024? My natural personality is if I did 500 last year and I wasn't even consistent, then this year I should probably do 750 or I should up that goal or whatever. And I really just felt in my heart that I was supposed to do this exact same challenge again, the 500 miles again this year in an attempt to show myself what could happen and how much something that seemed like a really big thing could become just a really small habit that I implement every day into my life when I consistently show up. That I don't always have to be beating my best time. I don't always have to be doing more than what I had set out to do. That if I am just consistent in some of these things in my life, that I will see huge dividends and it will be a compounding interest. And so looking at that, And just deciding, okay, I'm just going to do 500 miles again, and I'm going to commit to finish reading the Bible in this daily showing up 
in those areas of my life. Just really excited to be tackling that again. I'm so grateful that I finished those last year. I think it really, when we're able to accomplish goals, especially when we have to fight for them a little bit in the end and be a little bit mind over matter, they hold a lot of value to us. And I think they teach us a lot of lessons about what it looks like to move forward. So this year, those are a couple of my really big ones. Again, I have a ton of other ones. You've heard me talk in other podcasts so far about just phone use and some of those things. And so now I just really want to dig into where we're at in our goal. Let's just ask ourselves when we look at our New Year's resolutions, number one, how is it going? Number two, what are we telling ourselves about those goals? And three, who is holding us accountable for those goals? I know that last year the internet held me accountable. And it's so fun because once I had achieved that goal, I probably this year know of about 150 people that are doing that challenge right along with me this year. And it's so fun to see how when we do what we say we're going to do, it inspires others to take action as well. And so ask yourself those three questions. How is it going in the things that I've set out for myself? What am I telling myself about these goals? Have I given up already? Did I decide it was too hard? Did I maybe make those in the hype of New Year's Eve craziness and I need to reevaluate or I've talked myself out of them? And then who is holding you accountable? Really kind of self-assess on those three things because the reality is if you wrote these down as goals for yourself for 2024, there's a reason. There's a reason. There are things that in your gut you know, I need to do better. I need to change in this area. I need to get rid of some things. I need to create new habits. We all know that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And a lot of times that's exactly what we do. We do the same thing over and over and over again. And then we wonder year after year after year when we come to the new year's, Why am I in the exact same place that I was last year? Why are the goals that I'm writing down the same goals that I've been writing down for all these years and I've never been able to accomplish? It takes us having to do something different to get change. I love how Andy Stanley says it. He says, show me your decisions and I can tell you your direction. Directions, not intention, determine destination. Now, that was a lot of D words in there. I'm going to read it one more time. He says, show me your decisions and I can tell you your direction. So right there it says, decisions determine direction. But then he says, directions, not intentions, determine destination. And so when I look at the destination I want to be at, whether it's, you know, in any area, whether how I parent my kids, how I grow in my marriage, how I change my finances, how I get rid of stress points or bad habits in my life, every single decision is pointing me in a direction of my final destination. And I can have the best intentions in the world. I can write all of the the most beautiful vision boards, and I can put all the things up. I can do that day after day after day, but my intentions are never going to get me to a better destination. It absolutely comes down to the decisions that I make day in and day out. It makes me laugh thinking about in my work when I go to our big national convention every year, many years. So there'll be 18, 20,000 people there, and usually it's in Vegas. And so often when we're walking the halls of the MGM Grand, you'll have people in the business who are newer in the business. They'll come up and they'll say, you know, what's your what's your best tip for success? Or, you know, what's your tip to get to the top of the company? 
And it's so funny because I used to ask those kind of questions and I felt like everybody always said, just decide. And I thought that was the dumbest answer ever. I literally thought that is the stupidest thing to say to somebody because I've already decided. I've already decided that I want to be at the top of the company. I've already decided that, you know, I want to do these things. And me deciding has never made it happen, right? If that was the case, I'd be successful in everything. And so then I read this this quote about decisions determining your direction, and it kind of goes right back to that. But I think what we forget to tell people when they ask, how did you get this, this success in this area or whatever, what I realized when I had actually gotten to that place when people were asking me that same question, and I would say, just decide, the same answer that used to make me so crazy when people would say it to me. But I had to put a follow up statement at the end of that. I had to say, you have to just decide. And then you have to decide again tomorrow. And you have to decide again on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday. Moving in a different direction and getting to your destination is about deciding to do it every single day. Not just when it feels good, not just when everything lines up just right, but every single day. And so I love that quote so much by Andy Stanley. Directions, not intention, determine destination. And so again, just ask yourself, how am I doing with these things? When we dig down further into the specific goals, I told you about some of the things that I was working on, some of the things like my phone usage. We talked about that and having to make decisions to lessen my time on my phone. I have to take action steps. For me, it's moving that phone across the room. And I will tell you, it is muscle memory. I laugh at myself because sometimes I find myself standing up on my phone while it's docked to a docking station all the way across the room from my bed because I know that I cannot pick it up off of that and carry it to my bed. Not even to do one thing, not to send one email, not to respond to one text message because I know that I want a different outcome at the end of this year. And it's going to take me making decisions like I refuse to carry this over to my bed to do a little bit of work. I refuse to carry this over to my bed when it comes to my my goal and my decision to want to read more. What am I having to do? I'm having to put that book where I know I'm going to see it. I'm having to make it a priority. I'm having to turn off TV or other things that are just eating away time that aren't getting me to where I want to be. When it comes to health and, and eating healthy and exercising, what are the decisions that you're having to make every day to help you get there? So here's a couple practical tips to help you get back on track if you have found yourself kind of wandering away from the goal. First thing is, I'm not sure if you've heard of habit stackings. This is from the book Atomic Habits, a fabulous book if you haven't read it. Really, really good. But habit stacking is just a great method to allow you to stack your habits together, to stack new habits to old habits to help you just muscle memory your way through this thing. And so let's give some examples of habit stacking. And you might be somebody who's saying, well, I don't have any habits. I'm just kind of a loosey-goosey. That's not true. You put your shoes on every day. You put your pants on every day without thinking about it. You brush your teeth a couple times a day without thinking about it. All these things that we work into our day that we don't even think about And so you need to find these things that you want to change and then attach them to things that you already do as a habit. So for instance, if every single day you get out of bed and you make your bed right away, 
and a goal that you have for yourself for 2024 is that you want to read a chapter of a book every night before you go to bed. Then a habit stack would be that you make that bed in the morning like you always do. You don't even think about it. That just comes naturally. But now how you're going to hack that is that you are going to, when you're done making your bed, you're going to take your book and you're going to put your book on your pillow. Because then tonight when you come into your room, you're going to go to get in bed and you're going to go, oh, my goodness, my book, I'm supposed to read. I forgot about that. And you're going to read your chapter because it's right there on your bed. You're going to finish your chapter, put it on your nightstand. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're going to make your bed. You're going to put your book right there on your pillow. You see how that works? You can use this all over the place. You say, I want to do 30 squats a day. Okay, well, every day I brush my teeth. And so I'm going to just make it a habit that as I'm brushing my teeth or right after I brush my teeth, I'm going to do 30 squats in the bathroom. Right right there. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put those two things together. And you can look at all different areas in your day where you can do this. If you take a lunch break every day at 12 o'clock and you typically go sit in the lunchroom for 45 minutes and scroll on your phone, maybe the habit stack is going to be I'm going to go to the lunchroom. I'm going to spend 15 or 20 minutes eating my lunch, and then I'm going to immediately walk out the side door, and I'm going to walk for 20 minutes in the parking lot to get that extra mile in every single day. That's what habit stacking is. That's one huge thing that even if you've totally abandoned your New Year's goals, that you can grab one or two of them and say, where can I stack these into my day and attach them to habits that I already have? The other thing that I think is good here one month into the year is reevaluating the reality of the goal. Because I know that there are a lot of times where we make goals in a total New Year's Eve hype, like rah, rah, I'm going to change every single thing in my life this year. We're feeling motivated. You know, we've cheers with a glass of champagne. And then three days later, we're in the thick of it. And we're like, what was I thinking? Because maybe you had decided you're getting up at 4 a.m. and you're going to the gym seven days a week and you're cutting out seven different food groups in your diet. And, you know, you're drinking 150 ounces of water and you're reading a book a month, all these things that on paper on New Year's Eve look awesome. Even on January 1st, they look awesome. But when real life comes in, we realize we just, it's it was too big of a, a chunk that we bit off. And so instead of throwing them all away, maybe you just need to look back at your goals and say, where in this can I just kind of adjust? And can I just say, okay, this was important to me. How can I bring it down a little bit to make it something that I would be really proud of to have done at the end of the year? I, I recently was talking to a group of gals that were disappointed in some of the goals that they had set for themselves and they had fallen short. And I said to them, let me ask you a question real quick. If you had a goal to save a million dollars in your retirement by the time you were 65 and you set up and you were really disciplined and, you know, you did all the right things and, you know, you just did it and you did it and you did it and you got to retirement and you went to look at your balance and your balance was $875,000 and you were like, shoot, I really wanted to have a million dollars, but. I only have 875. Do you think at any point you would be disappointed that you took the effort you did to have a million and you only had 875? Do you think you would be glad that you had 875 or do you think you would go, shoot, I should have never even tried. I wish I just had zero. Absolutely not. You would go, okay, I fell a little bit short, but man, that discipline really paid off and I've got $875,000 in the bank. And I think we need to look at some of our goals like this. 
If we set out to read 12 books a year and in the end we only read seven, is that seven more than we read last year? And you can do this with all of your goals. And so I just want to encourage you that if you feel like you've fallen behind or you're you're too far gone, don't just give up the next 11 months and end up exactly where you were or worse off in 2025. So really just reevaluate that and reassess where you need to be. And then how are you monitoring and tracking your success? I really believe that when we have a visual marker of how we can track these things, it goes so much better in keeping us on target. I literally believe that I would have given up on my 500 mile goal had I not had that tracker. Look on the internet, Google it, go to Etsy, go wherever and see what kind of tracker can I print out to keep myself on target, especially if you're a type three on the Enneagram. We got to fill in those circles. We love it. It makes us feel accomplished. And so those are just a couple things that we can look at to kind of readjust where we're at. You always hear me say it, when the mom gets better, the whole house gets better. And so just really encouraging you as mamas, people are watching you, and it is so great when they see you navigating these things that we know need change, that we know need attention, just striving to always be a little bit better than we were the day before. So let's real quickly just take a minute to focus on how can we also just take maybe it's 10 minutes and reflect on this past holiday season now that we're a month out of it and think about things that would we could tweak that would make this next holiday season in 2024 a little bit better. I will tell you a couple things that I am doing, and I'm excited to share them with you because I do think they are good hacks that might seem so simple, but in reality, I know they're going to help me. Number one. I am adding my Christmas card to my calendar for September. A friend of mine told me this this year when I was frantically trying to get them out way at the last minute. I didn't have a good picture. I was kind of frustrated, but I felt like I needed to do it because I really, really love doing Christmas cards. And she said to me, why don't you just schedule that in your calendar in like September? And I was like, well, that's a novel idea, right? I don't even think about Christmas cards until after Thanksgiving is over, and then it always feels like it's a rush. So if you're somebody that loves to do Christmas cards, just right now, go schedule it in your calendar. Put a reminder on September 15th or October 1st that just says Christmas card picture. Go get that picture figured out, get it designed, get it organized, get it ordered, so that you are one of the first people to get it out before the craziness of the holiday season. For me, the things that steal my joy during Christmas are all of the little extras. And this year for me, the Christmas cards were getting done on like December 14th in a total panic before we were leaving on a trip. And so just knowing that next year I'm going to have these done and addressed before Thanksgiving even comes, and then I'm going to mail them out the day after Thanksgiving, And it's going to take such a huge thing off of my calendar just by doing a tiny thing to prepare for that. Another one is I am going to spend some time in February organizing my Christmas address list because this is something that when it's not organized, it takes a lot of time. I find myself jumping around to four, five, six different places to find addresses, texting this person, you know, all these different things. And it takes a lot of time. And so why would I not just take an hour or two in February when there's not a ton going on and update and organize my list? I encourage you guys to do the same. That is something that is so small that when it's in the heat of the holiday season feels so overwhelming and annoying. 
So just commit to updating and organizing your your list. Get it in an Excel spreadsheet. Do something to make this super easy for you. Another one is my sister told me about an app called Giftful. It's a gift-giving app where everybody can create their own wish list. I have asked my children, my husband, to all go in there and nitty-gritty put things in there. I want to know your favorite drink, where you would want gift cards, your favorite candy or snack. I want to know the little items that you want for your toiletry stuff. I want to know the big things you want. Put everything in there, and all year long, as you see things close new technology, whatever it is that you are interested in, put it in there and keep that list updated so that I can be planning throughout the year to grab little things here and there, to put in a box in my closet, to have them ready so every single thing doesn't fall on having to be done in November and December. It's also a great place where I was able to create a private list for myself where I have been saving things in there that I see that I think would be a great gift for my mom or a coworker, things that take a lot of mental energy in November and December when there is zero mental energy to give. Put that in there. Put teacher gift ideas. Put everything in there so you can literally just go to that app, click the links, and get those things done with zero um, mental energy at that time of the year. And then the last thing that I'm committing to do after really evaluating our holiday season is I'm committing to eliminate as much as I possibly can. The Christmas cards, the gift list, the the gifting, the wrapping of presents, all of those things, I'm trying to get them as far away from the actual Christmas day as possible so that when I come into Christmas day, I am not exhausted. I have to be honest and tell you guys that Christmas morning, we had had just an awesome week as a family. December had been a little crazy. I ended up getting shingles at the end of November pretty darn severely, had that for about three weeks. Went on a a seven-day trip out to Arizona to watch our daughter play basketball and to go to the Grand Canyon. Came home on the 23rd and then hosted our family on the 24th, my husband's family on the 25th, and my family, extended family, on the 26th. It was just a really, really busy season. All things that I absolutely want to do and that I can't wait to do again. But I found myself really run down and really exhausted. And so trying to keep all of the magic that us moms do, right? There's a lot of magic happening in those days of the special traditional meals and the groceries and the homemade cinnamon rolls and the, you know, you name it. There's just a lot that goes into making the magic happen. And Christmas morning, I was at the kitchen sink after the big cinnamon roll breakfast and the stockings. And I was doing dishes knowing that the next big crew was coming in for a celebration. And everybody was in their pajamas and on their electronics and looking at their new gifts and exactly what they should be doing on Christmas morning, under blankets, by the fire. And there was a little bit of poor me exhaustion at the kitchen sink and tears started to fall from my eyes of, I'm just tired and I just want to be sitting by the fire. And I feel like nobody sees me. It was pity. I mean, some of it definitely had some, you know, valid feelings behind it. But one of my children saw me and they said, mom, are you crying? And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> and I had to just say, I'm I'm feeling frustrated because I feel like I'm just run ragged and I'm exhausted. As I was saying it, I was feeling really guilty for even saying it because it's Christmas morning and it should be all joy and all happiness and I'm being selfish. And it was just that I was tired. That is something that I feel like is in my control. And 
I can schedule accordingly. I can say no to some things. I can delegate things. I can just choose not to do certain things in order to protect my energy so that I don't cry on Christmas morning because I'm exhausted. My family was great. We rallied together. We took 20 minutes and we did a power clean and we were all able to sit down together. And so it just reminded me twofold. I need to do a better job of managing my energy and how I delegate things. And the second thing is I have to be willing, especially as, well, not even especially, no matter where we are as a mom, no matter what age our kids are, we need to be able to talk to our children and our spouses and say, hey, this is what I really need from you all right now. Could you help me with this? Because so often we get in this tizzy and this emotional fit of everybody should just know what I need. They should all know what I need. They should see the same things that I see that need to be done. And the reality is they don't. And it's not their fault necessarily. And so just committing to being better at communicating, especially as we have adult children, like, hey, here's the thing, guys. There's these handful of things we have to get done. I would absolutely love to be able to sit in the living room with you guys and watch that movie or watch that parade or play that game. But these are the five things that have to get done for us to be able to host Christmas in an hour and a half or two hours. Could we all just jump in together real quick and each take one thing off this list so that instead of me doing five things, we each do one and we can really have some great family time together, right? That's a that's a simple solution. And had I done that from the get-go, I would have saved myself a little bit of embarrassment and I would have not robbed a little bit of the joy of Christmas morning. And so just some good things to look at, like, okay, Nick, what can you do next year to not have a repeat of that, to not have that be what your kids think? Oh, mom was crying on Christmas morning because she's so tired and busy. That takes a lot of the magic out of the moment. I think just being honest with ourselves and then planning accordingly, learning from our mistakes, learning from the hard times so that we can really reset that to look different next year. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on in 2024 as, I, as I'm walking, as I'm reading my Bible, as I'm working on a lot of other goals, and then really some shifts that I'm going to be making coming into the fall and winter season to make these holidays just go a little bit smoother because I control the thermostat in the house. So um, I want to make sure that my house is a place of joy and happiness. And that means that mama needs to be coming from a place of joy and happiness. So lots to work on this year. I'm excited to be doing it right alongside with you guys. Feel free to reach out and share with me what you're working on. I am here to be cheering you on. If you guys are loving being here every week, I hope that you might consider going and giving this show a review wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple or Spotify or whatever app you listen on. Reviews are what help us get this podcast out to others who might be looking for a community like we have. So if that is something you're willing to do, I would be oh so grateful. So until next week, friends, take care. 